Yeah. Welcome back to Easing the Reader, a Wheel of Time reread. I am Chris Mary Hoffman. With me, I have David Green with not his book, but The Dragon Reborn. Yes. It's working quite well this week. You must have been rubbing it. I was putting heat on it. I was rubbing it across the side of the face like this. Um, no, it's this, uh, I don't know what it is, but um, hello. Hello again, Christopher. And anyone who's watching, even if it's before or even if it's for the first time, please like and subscribe to the channel. Because what ha- what can happen? Now I'm like pointing at you, but I'm not. It's pointing in a different yeah. direction. What can well, happen? We're doing the competition. We actually have we have actually um, hit a hundred subscribers now, but we're gonna leave it on until the end. We were doing it to the end of the Dragon Reborn season. So when we start the first episode of the Shadow Rising talk, mm-hmm. um, we will do a draw for all our subscribers to win a copy of my book. Oh, there we are. I wasn't rubbing this one enough. Um, In Solitude Shadow by by moi. Um, so you get a signed copy of this. We're going to do a draw. One 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 subscriber will get it. Um, if you like Wheel of Time, um, yeah, there's stuff in here that you'll enjoy. Uh, and in fact, if you like Brandon Sanderson as well, um, one website, uh, fancy, uh, a fancy website. I can't remember the name of it now. Sorry, um, that reviewed it said it was the best fancy novella they'd read since Brandon Sanderson's The Emperor's Soul, which I thought was quite high praise. So nice. if, if you do like it that kind of stuff you will be get you know subscribe to us and you will get a chance of winning a signed copy copy and we'll do get 200 i was i would i was just thinking what if somebody were to review my fantasy book and said it's like it's if you like david eddings you will enjoy this book yeah that's how i'm going to review it when when (laughs) it's going to be like uh, Fans, fans of David Eddins queue up because there is lots of witty banter, <laughs> repetitive storylines. Nakedness and yeah. sign language. Every single, yeah, he loves sign language in there. Doesn't he? Everyone's got a secret language with the hands that they can do. Um, and the thing is as well, as well, like <laughs> there's this secret uh, hand language that he does, right? It's not like, it's so kind of like, um, subtle enough that people won't notice it sometimes, no. but it's really complex as well because they have full. On, it's not just like you know red, red cloak sword. So people, it's like it's really complex, and people have yeah. full conversations in it. Um, he also loves people having about twenty different names as well. Yeah, it's <laughs> like so. Your name is this, but in this time, in this nation you're known as this and in this place you're known as this and this and this and this and this everyone has like about 20 different names i love it it's probably it's probably why they haven't tried to adapt anything by him because you think that i mean they've done terry brooks now with shannara and they've done the gwyn they tried to do dragon lance um in a in a like an animated show or at least an animated movie and they've they're doing Wheel of Time now. So, I mean, Eddings would probably be the next one, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think... Of the, cl- of the classics. If you, if you talk about, like, class, the classic fantasy kind of Mount Rushmore of fantasy yeah, authors. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is as well, like, you'd, have, you'd have to... Um, Lee Eddings would have to be given equal billing, if not more so, since yeah. 
he, she practically wrote them all and um, David Eddins just kind of did the dialogue by the sounds of it or, or, or what have you, um, which which makes sense because every single character in his books sounds exactly the same as everyone else, like even the bad guys. They're all so like genial and gregarious and they're all just, yeah. you know. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think if Wheel of Time is successful, it'll open the door to a lot more high fantasy adaptation Probably. because I think the ones if we if we remove Harry Potter from the the equation because obviously that was aimed at children at the start and 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 what have you every kind of fancy um um property that has done very very well has been kind of not so upfront with the magic so no. Lord of the Rings magical creatures yes yeah. but actual magic it's kind of vague and fluffy and you know, Gandalf can make rocks glow every so often and shoot white light out of his staff, but make himself big all of a sudden and then, then small. But that's pretty much it. Um, Game of Thrones, obviously, uh, again, magical creatures that are just on the periphery for a, a long time and then they, they kind of come to the forefront towards the end. Um, so that's really it. They eat the Witcher, which has been a successful first season, which is probably the most magical of, of things. But again, it kind of even Geralt's magical properties, they really downplayed. Because obviously yeah. he can do he can do signs and he can do magic. And I think it's only you only see it in the first episode, actually, you know, um, even all the kind of potion making and stuff was was um was limited as well. So yeah, I think if this one, and obviously going by the teaser trailer, which we talked about last time, um, with how much they were upfront about the magic that's in that, I think if this one is successful and people kind of welcome it, then we'll see more like properties like maybe um, Eddins and um, you know, I, I, one that I think would be a really, really good um, adaptation would be the Farseer trilogy, the at least original uh, Robin Hobb. Robin Hobb, and obviously that has got quite uh, a strong magic system in it as well. Um, so yeah, I think that would, I think it would open the, the doors a little bit because I think it is still, it is still like um, a barrier to entry. Yeah, because even some fantasy fans, we're, we're in some fantasy writing groups, and you get some fantasy writers that want grimdark and they want low fantasy and they're, and they're kind of like, oh, I don't really like too much magic. <laughs> no, and it's a weird, I mean, that's for a different, I think, conversation when, because I get a little bit annoyed when people kind of like backtrack and they're just like, well, what is grimdark or what is your favorite grimdark movie? And they take, choose stuff that is not grimdark <laughs> at all. But anyway, so before we jump in, because we're kind of uh, pressed for time, um, what, of the, if we talk about the classic fantasy, when fantasy was at its real peak, which would have been the 80s, mid to late 80s, early 90s, it's which still, is basically what, silver, what, age, silver age of fantasy. Exactly. Was it the golden age? Silver. I would say that it's the golden age. But what, what would you say? What, which, what, I mean, apart from, you know, you said Robin Hobb, well, what would you want to see? What would you say would be the best and most successful? Not like if you don't even consider what the cost would be to, to make it. I think the um, original Rift War saga, the trilogy, mm. would be very good because I think it has um, it has a lot of the pluses that Wheel of Time has for it. 
which is that it's got um, a diverse cast of, and by diverse, I mean age and background. Yeah. Um, it has like, you know, younger people, older people, mixture, not quite the mixture of, of, uh, of gender, but that can easily be fixed. Um, has a lot of, has a good storyline. It has uh, magic. It has uh, parallel universes as well. <laughs> um, it has a uh, different kind of races and stuff like that. And I think that one would be, that one would be really interesting to do. And it's a, it's a really, really good story. And what I like about it as well is that the second book on the face of it has, abs- apart from having the same characters in it, has absolutely nothing to do with the first one. <laughs> yeah, it was, kind of, it was kind of like the Earthsea books. Because I mean, the second Earth. I mean, Ged is barely in the second book. Yeah, but well, like the, the second one in 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 um in the Rift War. I don't know if you've you've read them, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, no, no spoilers in case people haven't. But a character is is uh, getting um, married, and someone tries to assassinate him from this cult, and. Uh, it hits someone else. It hits the person he's he's marrying, and then the, and the only place that they can, the only cure for it is this place that's in deep in enemy territory for this yeah. other people, and that's basically the story. That's on the face of it. That's the story of it, and it's like, um, and then when you get to the third book, it all ties everything together in a really kind of uh, skillfully done way. And I, I've read some of the other Rift War books, the spin-offs, and some of them are good and some of them aren't. Um, the, the the character of Pug and Thomas to an extent are both um really good examples from a writing point of view of what happens when you let your main characters become too powerful. Mm. Because um that is definitely a problem with the uh the, the books and the Rift War the Raven Ephi's Rift War books after the third one uh, because um he just like he 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 starts coming up with um, plot reasons to keep Pug and Thomas out of the story because it's like these two could just appear and just solve this issue. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking. We've been talk- we've talked about that. Yeah, and it's like but, a really really good example for if you are looking to get into writing. Um, I mean, the first I, I, magician is one of my favorite books of all time, and um, I would I always I actually do recommend it to a lot of people. So especially people that have maybe read one or two fantasy books and they want to read more, like Magician is really good. And then you can carry on with the, with the I'd read the, the main trilogy for sure. But um, yeah, it's a great, if you're looking to get into, into writing, um, it's a great way to study what not to do with some of your characters um, because it, you do kind of fall into it as well. And a lot of people do it. Like I've been, because I watched the Matrix 4 trailer there the other day and, and the Matrix as much as I love the first one, and I, I like the second one quite a lot, not so much the third one, but that has the same problem where Neo has become too powerful too quickly. Yeah. It's like the, I mean, the third film, they just lock him away in an underground station for a while. It's like, we, can, we, we need to keep him out of the story. And then he's out, he's barely in the third one. Then it's yeah. all in the book. It's like, he's too powerful. Um, and a, a good, another good thing to study, which people that listen to this, um, podcast and, and and show for how to do it correctly is um the wheel of time because especially now we're going to be talking about the dragon reborn at the end where you think oh rand has this artifact that may make him too powerful um mm. when you read on the the next books robert jordan does a very very good kind of and it's not even a cheating thing it's something that's consistent with the world where it's like um limiting there's power creep on other sides but also 
there's reasons why Rand cannot continue with this like all powerful kind of path as well. So that's a good way. That's a good counterpoint to kind of study organic and and, and good ways to kind of stop making your main character too powerful. But yeah, I, long long answer. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would I would be very very interested in seeing uh, the Rift War saga done. How, how about you? You can't say Earthsea because obviously that's been done. So no, I would I'd probably like to see. Um... The Chronicles of Thomas Covenant by Stephen Donaldson, just because it's so different. Yeah. Because he's kind of an anti-hero and it kind of turns the whole world on its end, or like the fantasy tropes on its end. Although there are a couple of things in there that they probably have to cut out. There's a lot of, there's rape and, and, and stuff like that. And, and and then that's from Thomas Covenant himself being yeah. a hero. Yeah, um, a very likable character. And so that would be, but otherwise, I mean, so that would be interesting to see how they tackle that. It would probably be a real epic too. Um, otherwise, I'd like to see maybe Black Sun Rising by C.S. Friedman because it's also very much, it's, it's kind of got the Shannara thing and the Wheel of Time thing going on where it kind of takes place in, in like our world. Yeah. Uh, and it's not quite fantasy. I mean, it's not quite in the traditional medieval fantasy world and there's a lot of parallel storylines and stuff like that so i mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if 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 wheel of time is successful that they would pick up um yeah that, that's, that's the way it's, that's way that's the way it's done once something is successful like you look at game of thrones was successful and they've gone yeah. okay well what's what's like Game of Thrones. What's a successful? And they've looked at like they're like, well, The Witch is really successful because it's got the the books have always done well, and they've got the video game, and then The Wheel of Time is the most is the most successful, um, um, fancy property of all time in terms of books. Um, and so they've looked at that and they're going, okay, so if these ones are popular, what are we the next ones going to yeah. do, right? Exactly. Um, and it's like kind of, and you do kind of, and that's why I mean, obviously, I want Wheel of Time to be to be successful because, like, it's a big you know part of my um, reading life, and um, you know, I, I want to see it, but I want to see what else comes because of it as well. And uh, but I'd I'd really like, to, and this is a little bit after it's more modern, um, but I'd really like to see them tackle the Malazan series, which I don't know how they do it because it's <laughs> it's so convoluted at this point now like i mean there's the 10 main books but then there's prequels and then there's yeah. spin-offs that are inside the the main 10 series and now there's uh, sequels to it as well um because obviously the main story didn't get from a whole host of characters didn't get didn't get wrapped up in the in the, the main 10 books but the reason why i'd like to see it is because the original book gardens of the moon first it started off as a, a D D. yeah and then it was developed like um, Stephen Erickson and Ian Esselman, who did some of the spin-offs, wrote it as a screenplay for a film. So I'd like to see it go like full circle. And I know that there was there were there was people sniffing around it a, a while. Back. Yeah, I heard I heard rumors of that. Yeah, but it was just they were gonna do. It was specifically just for the second book, Dead House Gates. I think they were looking to turn it into a movie because it would really, really work really well as a as a film because it's quite it's kind of like because as the way with the Malazan books, the first three or four keep jumping around with different sets of characters and there's little links back. But Dead House Gates is quite standalone to a, to an extent until you get later on in the series, and it's a it's a terrific story and it's a really really great. Um, it's a great book, and the ending as well is just like it's a 
I don't know if you've ever read it, but the ending of that book is just... I haven't... I've read some. I haven't read... Um, I, haven't, I haven't engaged in it. And I, I do want to, though. I do want to. Dead well, anyway... Before, before you go on, Dead House Gates is worth just picking up and reading it on its own without even reading Gardens of the Moon, because okay. it's quite... It, it, it's pretty much standalone from Gardens of the Moon. There's there's a little bit of crossover, but nothing that you really need. It's a really, really good book. And it's just, it's uh that's a funny one because that's like a lot of people say Malazan is grimdark, but it's very, very magical. Like there's yeah. a really like a huge magic system that's like really integral to the plot. I think I think there's a lot, and I, I think both you and I see it um a lot in the fantasy groups that we are in. Uh, and I kind of, I mean, I think it's the the scholarly part of me, kind of like uh, I get a little bit, I don't know, queasy from some of the comments that people like when they talk about what is urban fantasy and they're just like, oh, it's these and these urban fantasies. Like, yeah, but no, that's not urban fantasy, really. I mean, you have to look at when the when it's kind of when when the genre was created and you can't start applying stuff to back for me that doesn't work but i think that's the scholar part i mean and it's like to say it was like i'm in this indie um uh, indie music group and it's the same like oh what is indie music is it stuff that's just put on indie labels or is it actually a musical style yeah and that's and, and so i mean that's 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 for a whole other podcast it is, it is, as, as way than jennings once said i hate labels man yeah he's indie <laughs> he was uh yeah he, he he made his own genre didn't he really him and yeah. Willie Wilson and Chris Christopherson. But that's yeah. a story for another time another turn of the wheel. our our indie music podcast e- easing the easing the listener exactly <laughs> That would be a great one. Anyway, so we're going to talk about the final chapters of uh, of the Dragon Reborn, um, and I will start. It starts these last chapters. Obviously, start slow, as we're still kind of in the whole realm of build up. Because the but first, the first chapter of, is from uh, the first chapter is from Perrin's point of view. That's <laughs> well, that I mean, and you you've got to because so if the the chapters I think there are basically two chapters here that have Perrin in them before he starts going into the stone. Because um, one of them kind of splits between a few yeah. different POVs, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I like that. I like that. I wish there could have been more of of that, maybe. Yeah, well, that's the thing, that, and that's the, what we talked about in a couple of previous episodes. The way the story, the way he set the story with the time with everyone on this on a on a linear yeah part of time, and where you've had so you've had some characters that have been traveling. Matt was like laid up in bed for a long time, <laughs> and that was, it. It meant that some people had like some things to do, some people had nothing to do, yeah. um, you know, and and so you get to this point where everyone's converged on it and it can jump around because everyone's in the same location. Um, it's a, yeah, I, I wonder like when he'd become a few years down the line, like if he would have done it differently, because I think, like I say, there's, there's I, I don't think there's enough story in this book to to have a 600, nearly 700 page book, which is one of the short yeah. weekly time books, but there's enough stuff that happens in it that's interesting and that's good. And I think that, like, I don't really mind the Rand not being in it a lot aspect because I think that actually... I, think that I, I like that too. 
Yeah, I think it works quite well, especially in this point where people are kind of like, I'm sure I just saw Rand. Yeah, that is an interesting. He's just running around. What's that? What's that? Yeah. Matt, I mean, the scene when we get to it, we can talk about it more depth. But the scene where where Matt's up on the roof and then there's like just a bunch of people just all appear on the roof and like, yeah, Matt, I know. I'm sure I saw Rand just climbing up the stone of tear. It can't be. It can't be. But like, there's a, so I, I just think the thing that um, Matt should have been the main character of this book. It should have been mm-hmm. Matt's book. And but because it was like he's not in the first half of the book because he's just been healed and he's in bed, really. Uh, makes the start of the book a bit of a slog. Like if he could have just found something else for him to do at the start, yeah. it would have. Um... Yeah. Well, what happens here basically? They 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 arrive in, in here and they, it's the same sense of wrongness in this city as it is in 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 Ilian. Uh, Perrin ends up in a blacksmith shop, and all of a sudden he just like make starts making stuff which is like that's a really weird thing to happen so close to the end of the book (laughs) it's like yeah okay well i'm gonna start working as a blacksmith as if nothing is going on yeah it's a bit of a weird one it's a bit this is one of the things about this book um is that there's so much of a focus on on perrin well, then he has very little to do in yeah. the whole book, and especially at the end. Like, he, his, his like arc at the end, where it's like it's basically him coming to terms with like, um, being with being attached to, to fail, basically. Yeah. Um, that's his arc where he goes, Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna embrace this, but it's, it doesn't affect anything else that goes on it. It's like a very insular um kind of carrots rat compared to everything else that's going on but it's also as well the stakes aren't quite as high as everything else that's going on because you don't care about fail we've just met her yeah no i know and that's what kind of i felt like the issue with this book overall and i think this is very clear here as we come to the end of it is that there there doesn't feel like there are there's an imminent danger because a lot of it is traveling they're talking about it, but you don't, as a reader, sense it. And I think when I was thinking about the, I was thinking about the, the teaser, it was kind of the same. There's, I mean, apart from the murdral that you, we see, and we see some other monsters, but it just didn't feel, and that's what kind of what I meant with them being pristine looking. Yeah, There's like no think... sense of, of the fight yeah, but I think, the I think what that is as well, though, is because we know, I think what they're doing is that the start, particularly in the first half of the season, by the sounds of it, is they're making Legane out to be the threat. And mm. as we as we know as readers now, because we're up to like, well, I've read the whole thing and you've read up to book three, we know that he is not. Yeah. Right? It's quite, so, quite the obvious in the first book <laughs> yeah exactly but like so for, for people that are kind of like because if you look at the, the teaser again like when when Lan mentions the dark one is is looking for your friends it cuts to again fighting mm. um so it's like it's one of those things where i think it's going to do to casual viewers or people that know they're kind of saying like again is is the threat right which is i think yeah. will be fine for the tv show but that's because we know that he isn't. So when you're looking at it, it's like, well, where is the threat here? But you are right about this book because the main threat, like you, you, you see him in 
it, it's all done in like kind of dreams and visions and people looking at stuff and people kind of mention it at the end. But like Belal is just like, he's not mentioned until no. this, ch- the, the, ha- the, the chapter called The Hammer. It's the first time that he's mentioned. Yeah. Um, I think, oh, actually at the end of the previous chapter, Matt has like a dream of like, of him, like with, with all the people in, in a net, doesn't he? And that's the first time he's kind of mentioned. Um and it's the same. It's, it's funny because it's the same. That's the same issue with the eye of the world as well. Yeah, I, I, I there were a lot of similarities to me for me for uh, this book and eye of the world, especially towards the end because the threat doesn't come show itself until the end. Although that we've had a lot of threats be- before. I mean, there are things that are threatening here, but in, in this book and towards the end, it's something that we haven't seen before. That is the threat, really. Yeah, yeah, because because it's it's at the end because at the end like you know that the um the climax is to do with Rand and it switches mm-hmm. back to Rand's POV again. So um so the the main so obviously um the the girls have their threat which is the black ajar. Matt has that kind of thing of trying to rescue them, which is fine. Heron is kind of left out of it. <laughs> yeah. and, his, and, his, and his threat is really just like, there's no threat. It's just like, I have to find fail in, in the world of dreams. You never feel like he's never going to find, he's not going to find her. You never feel like he's not going to get out of the world of dreams. So the main kind of like threat then is like the forsaken, but they're only really interested in Rand. And we don't see anything from Rand quite a lot until no. then. Exactly. And then obviously then there's obviously like kind of like a little twist at the end there, um, where like the person who's kind of been the main threat for the first three books comes back into the fold of it again. But again, um, we don't really see his presence a lot in this book because we're not with Rand. No. And he and this character knows who the Dragon Reborn is, so he's been leaving Matt and Perrin alone at this stage. Yeah. But I would wonder if like if there was more. Like I, I think it works that Rand isn't in it in one way because I think it works with that kind of like what's he up to, people looking for him and that sort of stuff. But also, if he was in it a little bit more, that the, the threat of the Forsaken would have been more apparent as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And I mean, and, and especially when you listen to it, which I was doing here today, um, I think the narrator gives a lot of weight to the forsaken and how they speak mm-hmm. uh, but then in the end they're maybe not as powerful as as you're, you're led to believe i mean obviously we were talking about that last time that they that they're they're kind of like easily disposed of although yeah. belial isn't that easily no, it's, it's not. We'll, we'll come back to we'll come back to him in a little bit. So, like, and yeah. So, in this chat, anyway, so um, Pat Perrin does his uh, blacksmith stuff, and he he takes the hammer with him as well for his, mm. for his hard work. And um, Moraine reappears and says, like, Bilal is is in is in is the high lord salmon, and yeah. um, it's a trap because they want they want um, Rand to get to take Calendor basically because he's the only one who can who can hold it, and then they'll capture or kill him and what have you. Um, and then Loyal just drops a little bit of info about him being called the net weaver. So like any kind of like dreams that we've seen recently of people weaving nets, you're like, oh, that's that guy, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, and then we found out that there's loads of ale, uh, our eel, ale 
Aeol. Is that how saying that? Aeol, yeah. There's Aeol. loads knocking about the place. There's just yeah. like, like, there's loads up on the rooftops. Um, and Moraine, <laughs> like, Moraine is like, that's weird because they're not mentioned in the prophecies. And then that's like, we'll park that until later. <laughs> and it's fun. And then we get into, I mean, basically, we may don't have to split it into the chapters. We can just like kind of, because now it's, I mean, it does flow on quite easily from, I mean, it's not as bound to to the chapters and the, as we said there's a lot of things that happen in in the chapters i mean different povs yeah yeah so um, the next one because there's, well there's, there's one there's one there's one more chapter the next chapter is kind of contained for just one pov it's Nanise, isn't it and that's the one where the girls are captured again yes and this time it because Ju- uh, I, I, what's his name julian sands is what i want to call him yeah. Julian Sands, the Julian, Julian, yeah, yeah, Julian Sandat. They should get him to play Julian. When, when yeah, he's, they should. It's like it's all the same name. Yeah, you don't have to. We don't even have to change the credits. You can just be himself. I, I have to say, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Julian. And like, if, if um, we talked about it last time about merging uh, Huron and Julian together, I, I yeah. hope to do that. It is the Julian, the guy, the yeah. Julian. Guy. I like his. Um, I just like. I, I, I would just love to see how they visualize him because he's like he's wearing like a little Tommy Cooper hat, yeah, and he's wearing clogs because of all the mud that's knocked around, and he has like a little bamboo stick. <laughs> he's very, uh, yeah. I'd love maybe, to see maybe if Tommy see. Cooper hadn't been dead, <laughs> yeah. he could. Tommy Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I just can't. I, I can't wait to see what he looks like. That's. I think for 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 all our our American and Canadian listeners, they probably don't know what we're talking about. Tommy Cooper is yeah. like this, not a lot, you know. I think people will have to Google Tommy Cooper. He's a funny guy. He's a, Tommy yeah. Cooper was a funny, funny, funny guy. It's never really Christmas, you know. Um, one of my Christmas we can talk, when we get to Christmas, we can talk about it a little bit more. But one of uh, two of my big traditions at Christmas, actually three three of them, is I always watch. Blackadder's Christmas Carol. Yeah. Okay. Christmas week. And then Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I watch some Tommy Cooper and I watch uh, Mark Mumwise. <laughs> okay. And that is like, that is Christmas for me. That is. <laughs> and now, uh, and so, when it, so you can imagine every time that I watch Tommy Cooper, I'm just thinking about Julian Sander. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so, so, yeah, he betrays them and they get. They're going to be used as bait, basically, which we basically knew. Really, yeah, we, we, we knew know what and, and, and also as well, kind of pointless. Yeah, because Rand is just going there for Calendor. Like, yeah, because yeah, Rand is just like he just wants Calendor, so he can just be like, "I'm done with all this," because he's convinced that like his the dark one is there. And he's going to get Calendar and kill him. And I, I know, like later on, just to skip ahead a little bit, Bilal kind of says, like, you know, if you don't touch Calendar, we're going to touch these women, yeah. and that kind of stuff. But he's going there to get it anyway. It's just—it's it's, it's a very Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker kind of situation. Yeah. Between between Rand and Bilal. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then we get into Matt. And Tom. Tom is sick, and they go to Ma- Mother Gwenna, and this is the whole. This it's an interesting por- part here because Matt's just like, but I was just here. I was looking at this place, and the yeah, girls yeah. were here. 
yeah. he smarter than Gwena tells him. Oh, the, that's the thing, that's, that's, sorry, the interesting things mentioned just before the end of the last one, though, is that um, Leandrin says that there's 13 half men on the way. Yeah. And then 13 and 13, they can turn people um, without, without, uh, we can turn into the, to the shadow without their, uh, without choosing to be, which is kind of yeah. interesting. It's an interesting part and, and also kind of prophesized, wasn't it? The 13, 13? Yeah, it was in um, one of the uh, ex, one of I think it was it was it Egwene's on Eve's acceptance. I think it was Egwene's. Yeah, I he hears about it. Someone here, I can't remember now, but some when when we may have a special guest on a little while, uh, John from what <laughs> joined us, and he will remember. He'll know whose who's it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it's kind of foreshadowed before. Uh, so anyway, yeah. she she tells him that he she obviously knows that he's not from around those parts because of his accent and then basically he finds out where the girls are the, the stone of tear and she also recommends that he grows a beard yes, which is interesting that. because i think he has one in the in the show he does, he does, yeah he does like he, um yeah because they've aged them all up a little bit in in, in the uh, in in the in the show so they can do more things with them i suppose and to them <laughs> than they can with with kids and to yeah. make it kind of like feel like why but yeah it's it's uh tom is just um he just keeps getting just taken out of the action doesn't he every every book well i mean i understand it here because obviously <clears throat> robert jordan wanted matt to go into the to the stone himself and he didn't really know what he was going to do with tom yeah. and have tom hanging around be just way too many because you have aiel you have julian sands you have Matt, Perrin, and Rand in there, and then the girls. So the girls. what is Tom going to end up doing? Tom just... Uh, but it's just funny, though, isn't it? It's like, he's in every single book. Yeah. He's a well-loved character, but in the first one, he fights in the draw and seemingly dies, right? Yeah. Second book, he just appears um, and then murders a king off-page, off and then he's gone. Then the third one, he just pops up in Tarvalon, hangs around with Matt for a bit, gets really sick. <laughs> and then he just goes to, goes to bed in Mother Gwenna's house. I do love yeah. the back. You know, I, I, Tom and Matt is a, is a great, it's a great pair. Yeah. And uh, it's it's great because you get a lot of like, what's, I mean, uh, Katie said I said it last week, you get a lot of, because obviously it's the first time we're getting a lot of POV from Matt. And you get like his, his thoughts and what he's thinking is very different to what he says a lot of the time. And then just the, the random things that he does, like uh, when he pays Mother Gwen, Gwenna, he's like, this is the money for yeah. this. This is a kiss from me. <laughs> uh, then uh, Moraine, thinking that Rand is in tear, that's when they all kind of can, can convey on the stone, the others. It's starting uh, to, yeah, yeah, it's starting yeah, starting to. And Perrin and Fael uh, have both dreamt of him holding Kalimdor. Yes. Uh, and Fael walks into a trap. Uh, and Perrin also walks into a trap. They all walk into traps. Yeah, so like Fael walks into Moraine's trap. And yeah. then she's just because Moraine is trying to say, like, you loyal and, um, and Fael just go to Tavalon, like, you, yeah. you know, get out of here. And uh, Fael goes upstairs and she walks into a trap meant for Moraine and Moraine is just not interested. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like whatever. <laughs> she just doesn't care one little bit. She's like, look, look, she's just watching. She's she's in the world of dreams. Like her body's there. She's probably gonna die. I'm out of here. <laughs> See you later on. And Perrin's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And she's like, whatever. I just, I, just, I don't care. I don't, I, I don't care about your storyline, she says. <laughs> so, I am Robert Jordan so, in this scenario. I don't care. So, so Perrin, uh, Perrin follows Fail into the trap and he gets loyal to um, to um, to uh, <laughs> Uh, to, to watch his back. It's like, if anyone comes after, it's like, who's going to come after you? No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> and then and, and then comes the my favourite part. I mean, and we, we were talking about this before. I mean, I, I do like the ending of this book, even if it's kind of like haphazard. There's a lot of things going on. And I wish, I somehow I wish that the whole book could have been more like these last chapters. I mean, in the end, I don't think that the last chapters make the book any more endearing as a as a as a whole book, but it definitely ends on a high note. Mm. It does. Um, yeah. And it's the end that it and it wraps up it wraps up a little opening trilogy um in a way as well and and, and sets up a lot of things to come. Um, especially with the IEL and everything as well. Like they're very, very prominent now at this point. Uh, especially in this chapter, because like you yeah. know, Matt's, Matt's scouting out the stone. He's been looking a way to get in, and he decides the best way to do is to climb up the wall. And he's like, "I'm not doing this, but I'm going to do it. But I can, I'm not doing it. It's ridiculous, but I'm going to do it." And then he sees someone doing it already, and he's like, "That guy's yeah. a fool." But, and that, that, that's a funny part because he was like, "There's a eel running around. There's Julian. I would try to say his name right, Julian Sander, Sandar instead." Uh, everybody's like running around here and he thinks he sees Rand and then he he climbs up and he now he uses his fireworks. He does, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's so like, <laughs> it's so like unneeded as well because like, yeah. he, so he's going to use the fireworks just as a describe. Who knows what he was going to use them for in the first place. His plan was to climb up the thing, right? The, the Aiel appear and like he beats a couple of them and there's a load of them there and you kind of have a little, little chat about things and the, the yeah. aisle are just like just don't tell anyone we're here well, julian don't tell anyone that we're here like <laughs> that's it and he's like yeah fine no worries mate they go off and then like julian's like listen i can get you in the, the stone because i'm a thief catcher not a thief taker I think. yeah no um, so let's, let's go and matt's like all right i'm, I'm just going to do this first <laughs> and so he goes and blows a hole in the side of yeah <laughs> of the stone of the stone. with fireworks and then he plunges in through the gap and a load of defenders come at him and he's like, oh yeah, this is the reason why I was doing this. Yeah. So I didn't have to. <laughs> and then there's a lot of fun scenes there because he's like fighting people with his quarterstaff and then there's the one part where he he just puts the quarterstaff on his shoulder, turns around <laughs> and then knocks one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit that's a little bit later because like um so matt goes into the into the the gap that he makes and then just like he's like oh yeah i shouldn't have this is i should have gone downstairs this is why yeah. i was wretched and like starts fighting and julian comes in with his bamboo stick and helps them yeah. helps them out as well and then like puts to rand and rand's like heard fireworks and a big explosion but he's like whatever i'm just i just what? want rid of these dreams i'm sick of them yeah <laughs> And then, and then at, the same, at the same time, though, the, the girls are 
they're all bruised and beaten. And I think that could be a very good thing in the, the show. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a the... funny one though. It's a funny one. And this is what the, the, the difficulty of adapting seasons two and three, uh, books two and three, even if you do it as one season or if you do it as repeated seasons, because the repetition comes through quite a lot. Because this is the second time in this book that the girls have been captured. Yeah. They all got captured at the end of the at the end of the second book as well. And it's like you can't it'll just be and and this is this scene is interesting. Like I like how, you know, the the strips of the one power, the block from the one power, should I say? And it's like, well, how are we going to deal with this? And she uses her new skills that she's got to go into the world of dreams. Yeah, and you see how it can affect in the real life. I think that's it's really affected, and 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 she thinks it's working better than it actually is to the point where yeah. it's, it doesn't work quite as well as they want to. Um, but it just kind of it'd be boring. And people would, because it's the same thing that's happened to them again and again and again and again. And it makes them look, I know that Robert Jordan's doing it for a way because he wants them to say, look, look, these girls don't know everything. They're not as world wise as to what they think. Um, You get into these kind of things. But the boys don't. Right, the boys are kind of just like they're just they're just as as less worldwide as anyone. But like Rand has just travelled across the entire continent on his own with dark friends and forsaken chasing him, and he's fine. Matt's yeah. just travelled from Camelin down to Tyr with with grey men chasing him. He's fine. Perrin's fine, you know. And it's just then it needs to change a little bit and be a little bit updated because for a variety of reasons. Um, and so if you were to condensed books two and three into one season which I think they probably might that there's no way they're going to have the girls getting captured three times no <laughs> um, that would be crazy yeah because it's just it's just it's not great for their characters either like it's just once is fine but like three times is just it'd be again like I said last time it's like a, a, you know I, I love a lot of the rings books and the films but I remember um quite um vividly sitting in the cinema in um return of the king and you know the bit where like you think where shella stabs frodo like yeah. and that's about i had just someone groan and go oh my god not again because <laughs> like it's about the it's the fourth or fifth time where frodo's been like injured by something or or thought to be left for dead by something and it's um it's something that they're gonna have to really kind of look at um, but I do like the scene, though. I do like how they, you know, the the, the traps in there, that they're, they're blocked from the one power, and it's like, well, let's go into the world of dreams and and, cr- and try and deal with it there. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we're gonna have to, uh, John. I guess our guest, special guest, isn't showing up, so we're, uh, and we're kind of have to gonna. Actually, I'll, I'll edit. I'll edit this bit because I'm gonna. I'll stay on, and when he comes on, we can just kind of we, we can just talk about other stuff when he comes on. Uh, okay, because uh, yeah, because we need to wrap it up. Uh, basically, the 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 two last chapters basically kind of intermingle a little bit because I mean the last chapter is basically it was interesting because on the on the audiobook is a lot longer, but it's the interview with Robert Jordan that they have in like the end of every single audiobook. It's the same interview. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's like so at the end of the, the the narrator for the first time has to say like this is the end of book three which he hadn't done before right just to show that 
there's an interview coming afterwards. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, but I mean, basically, so Ren reaches the heart of, of stone, uh, or heart of the stone, uh, faces Bilal. They have a fight, actually, probably like the the most intense fight yeah, we've seen so far. Yeah, because Rand is well aware that he's going to lose this fight as well, the longer it goes on. And, and you know, if Bilal actually, if Bilal's plan wasn't for him to, to, to get Kalandor, like, he would have probably killed him yeah. almost straight away because, like, he's just, like, Rand, Rand points out, he's like, well, I have a heron on my sword, but, like, and it's the sword, with, it's swords made with the power as well, which is like a black flame and a red flame, which will look pretty cool. Um, he's like, I've got a heron on mine, but it's, it was my father's. Like, he has one on his, and he's deserved it. He's a real blade master. And um, uh, and then it was, what's good as well when that fight is going on is that, like, the, all the ale and the defense of the stone all pour into the room as well, and they're all fighting around alongside them. And um, that's going on, yeah. And Bilal is yeah, there. Moraine saves Rand by bale firing. Yeah, she loves a bit of balefire. She does. Oh, we talked about that last time, how careless she is. Yeah. yeah. And where does she learn it? And, and where does she... I mean, she she alludes to, like, she says, like, in because, um, like, when the back at the end, she says, I've, I've learned lots of things in the last year that I didn't know before. So we find out that it's been a year since the Eye of the World as well. Um, but it's like, well, where, where did you learn this, this, uh, this balefire? Yeah. And then Balsamon appears... And knocks her out, kind mm-hmm. of. You really yeah. never find out what happens to the rest. After this, it's basically just Rand. They're all just stood around. Yeah. And <laughs> Rand like... takes Calendar and then chases Balsamon because he just like, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. So like he he does something to Rand, doesn't he? So Rand dies for Calendor. And then yeah. Balsamon does something to him that makes Rand feel like it's gone on for centuries and it's like full pain. But then when his fingers touch Calendar, it just like goes and then he's like Bowsman runs off and that and ran chasing is like I'm the hunter now. Yeah and then they they run around at the same time Matt uh, and Julian save the girls thanks yeah. to them knocking out the the, the black Azar that is outside. Yeah so like Egwene blocks them in the sleep but it doesn't quite work fully, so they can almost. So they're still blocked, but they're they're blocked as well. So the trap's still in the uh, in the <laughs> uh, they're, they're still trapped in in the cell. And um, Matt just walks in, picks up the key off the package um, that's just sat there, just staring at him. Yeah. And opens the uh, opens the door, and they're not very pleased that he's rescued them. No. But he's just like, hey, and then there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of back and forth. Uh, Perrin freeze, fail, and then they wake yeah. up. And then they're just like somewhere else. They're like not around they're anymore. Just, they're just in and in. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. They're just like. Boy, outside, just twiddling his thumbs, just like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit, it's a bit of an anti-climax, that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it so. It's all a dream. It was all a dream. It was all in the dream. That's where random Bowsman are as well. They're in the world yeah. of dreams. And um Bowsman is just trying to get away from him, doing all these kind of tricks, like making the place flood and Rand just turns it into air. Like he's just like he says that all this power that he has is like he's walking barefoot on a razor's edge. Yeah. And you know, it's just too much power, really. Um 
But anything that Bowsman throws at him, Rand is just swatting it away. And then he plunges Kalendor through. Well, first though, he sees um he sees him, he's kind of like shrinking, isn't he? It's like a normal kind of man. And he sees all these black threads coming off him. Yeah, and then he chops them off. Chops them all off. And um and, um, and our friend comes shows up. He is, yeah, yeah, here he is. Um and then and, the, uh, yeah, he just plunges Kalendor through his chest and kills him and he thinks that the dark one is dead. dead. And he proclaims himself the dragon and everybody kneels in front of him. Even the ale as well. The ale yeah. in front of him as well. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. good, yeah, good. Well, well, I'll edit this this bit out. So Chris is going to be leaving very... We're just, we're just Actually, about... I, have, I have to go now. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry, guys. It's fine. It's all right. Well, what, what we did is we talked about the book first, um, the Dragon okay. Reborn, one, and then we can, me and you can just talk about the trailer a little bit and any other, sure. and your and your latest news that you that you have as well. And, okay. um, and then an what your thoughts on the Dragon Reborn are and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've, so I've got to run, but I think we should do an extra episode where we just talk about the first trilogy so we can get like all that, our yeah. thoughts um, cool, yeah. as, as in kind of like a middle act between season three and season four, or book three and four. Yeah, cool. That yeah. sounds good. But I've got to run. Okay. So yeah. sorry. Not <laughs> like seeing you for a second. Yeah. <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, we'll, 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 continue. We'll, we'll continue the show. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Where's he gonna go? There you go. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I had to. I had to go pick my daughter up, and then there was. Uh, so we have two bridges that connect um, two parts of the city together, and they closed one of them for maintenance for the weekend. And I didn't realize oh. how bad that would make traffic. <laughs> That's all right. it, I was, it was bad. Uh, I was late too. I got a new phone yesterday, and I've, the setting for some reason. Um, I, I've, I've I thought it was an hour earlier all day. So like oh. Chris was besting me. It was like, oh, I'll be on early today if you're on. I was like, yeah, I can get on early too. And then it like got to like five past four. He was like, are you not coming on? I was like, it's not for an hour now, is it? I thought it was five past three still. And um, <laughs> we were like, no. And I was like, oh, all right. And then his, his mom is going back to the States today, uh, tomorrow. So she's just come around as like an unexpected visitor. So, uh, okay. you know, I, I, sorry, I wasn't here. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, no, I'm no. a little sunburnt, as you can see. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just um I'll just I'll just get back onto the, the show in a second. But basically we're just almost finished talking about the Dragon Reborn. So we just not okay. up to when um Rand kills uh, Ishmael with the, the calendar, but he still thinks he's the dark one. So we're just about to talk about the, the very last the very last bit. So we'll just talk about that and we'll talk about what you think about the Dragon Reborn in general, because uh, Chris wasn't a big fan of it. Um, hmm. You liked the ending, but didn't like a lot of the other bits. Um, you just felt it was just um, too much Perrin, basically. <laughs> Not enough anyone else. And he also didn't think, he was like, what is Perrin's arc at the end of this book? It's just like, all this stuff's going on, and Perrin is just like asleep with Fail. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's a little hedgehog, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you liked the ending anyway. You thought the ending was good. That's uh, good, yeah. Everyone likes the ending, so. Um, okay, three, two, one. So Chris has had to go, uh, but we've been replaced and upgraded by John from What's Up. <laughs> so, uh, Everybody, it's, I, I don't know if I'm an upgrade, but uh, definitely a replacement at the very least. Yeah, definitely. A, de definitely a replacement. It's like, that's one of those things. It's like, what did you think about this book? It was definitely a book. 
it was it was a book it had pages and words yeah, words, yeah. how are you doing before we before we talk about the very end of the dragon reborn uh mm. how was things with yourself Fan, fantastic things are good here um the channel's been doing well i'm almost at 10,000 subscribers like very very close i think i'm like 40 off right now so that should happen today which is which is neat um i had a few exclusives over the last month since i've been on last time i think and yeah. uh the trailers come out since then too so that's that's been huge it is, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about those things after we've wrapped up the Dragon Reborn, especially some of your scoops that you've had recently as well. Um, and one of your scoops was like, uh, it broke out uh, across the internet. There was other places picked it up, other new sites picked it up, which was, which was huge. They did, yeah. That was, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool to see uh, my channel's name in other people's news. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great that they credited you because a lot of these places sometimes forget to credit people and go like, someone has said this. And it's like, well, yeah, can you, can you say who that someone was, please? <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 not forget. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we were just, before you before you came on, we were talking with Chris about um, Rand just has killed what he thinks is the dark one uh, with with Kando. And a few people think he is as well. Like uh, we, we join the, we pick up the story again with Matt and they're all kind of mm -hmm. sat around having a little, having a little chat. Uh, Ruark's there as well. And and uh, Berlin walks in with a message from Lanfear at the end as well. But um, he's kind of, he actually mentions Shaitan as well. And he says he feels, he thinks the place rumbles or it might be his imagination. But um, yeah, the, the, um, Moraine doesn't seem to even know who she thinks it might be Ishmael. It's actually Egwene that kind of pieces it together, isn't it? She's like, um, yeah, from the notes that Varen gave her. Um, I always kind of thought that, like, that always kind of did it for me. It was like, like I, I, I didn't think that he was the dark one anyway, even from the eye of the world. But I was, and I was kind of thought he was Ishmael anyway. Like, it, it never was any much of a surprise for me. Um, but then, like, I know that some people that I've spoken to, when it comes to this part of the Dragon Reborn, they're kind of still like, well, who was he? <laughs> right? <laughs> because they're just kind of like, it's just like, well, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But, like, I always kind of thought it was much like how it was never a secret that Rand was the Dragon Reborn. I never found it was much of a mystery that Ishmael was Baalzaman either. I think if you paid attention... Um, and, and I'm trying to think way, way back to my very first re read, which was... Uh, I would have been for the Dragon Reborn, maybe in my early teens. I think it came out, um, or 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 maybe I was twelve. So it was it was I was young anyway. Mm. Um, I would say I never picked up on it until I was a little bit older and actually paid yeah. attention to the books when I read it, or I, I read them through once and I read it through a second, third time, and I oh I know that's going to happen. Um, but I always, even I remember from the very first time I read the books, thought it very strange that he fought the same person as the big bad guy three times in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, this is, is it just every book he fights them? Like, uh, what is what's happening here? Like, I, I didn't quite understand what was happening at first, but now, now later on that I've read it, no spoilers, of course, beyond the book, but uh, it was uh, it was interesting that they did that. And I, I, I don't think they're going to do that with the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we can talk about a little bit more about, about that in a second as well, because we, me and Chris, were just talking about the the similarities of this book between the first two books, actually, because even the end of this book with how the um, the main threat just kind of a, comes out of nowhere, really, in a way, uh, like it does in, in the eye of the world. Um, but I, I always thought as well, with the, but why, why I always kind of, I would have been about, this, I was older than you when I first started 
reading Wheel of Time, I was um, I picked it up in two thousand or two thousand and one, so I was eighteen. Yes, how old am I? Yeah, if it's two thousand one, I was eighteen. <laughs> I'm thirty eight now. <laughs> so, well, can we can we can we pause for just one second? Yeah, I, I get somebody at the door. Of course, I'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, welcome back. Of, of course, of course. Neighborhood kids advertising their lemonade stands. So, oh, yeah. oh, of course, of course, because that's the way it is. Um, so, yeah, so I was, uh, yeah, so I was 20 when I, no, 18. What? what mm -hmm. I it was 20 years ago, so I was 18. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when I first read it. So, obviously, I'd read some stuff before. And um, the, the one of the reasons why I picked up on it pretty much early on was because, and it's the same reason for later on in the series with, a, with another character. Um, which we can talk about off there because it's spoilers for in the future, but you'll know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. It's like, if you have someone in a prologue for a book, then they have to be in it at some point or affect the story yeah. in some kind of way. So obviously now the world, Ishmael's in the prologue, and then it's like, well, he's gone. If, if you don't think that Ishmael yeah. and Asma are the same person. Um, because like, you know, when you do go, because a lot of the time, a lot of people, one of the, one of the main criticisms of, Eye of the world is that the prologue doesn't seemingly have anything to do with the main story. But yeah. when you go back, you're like, oh yeah, well, Ishmael is bows and on and, and yada, 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 yada. So that was one of the things that I kind of picked up on. And obviously that thing happens again in, a, in, a, in, a, in another book in the future, um, which now obviously has nothing to do with. <laughs> but at the time it may not have had nothing to do with it um yeah. so yeah it's, it's a nice i mean this this end of the dragon reborn is kind of like well this is who this was and this is like the threat is still out there mm. um so what did you think of the dragon reborn as it stands in, in the first three books of the series uh i would say out of the first three books my favorite was the second one the great hunt uh dragon reborn was a close second uh eye of the world is is a distant third, I guess. Uh, I did like the other world. Uh, it's not. It's not my least favorite Wheel of Time book, but out of the first three, it's it's the least favorite. Um, I like the other world, but the problem with a lot of the books and the problem that you mentioned earlier is that this one was very parent centric, and he was kind of just hanging out for a lot of it. You know what I mean? Like a, he was asleep with Fayil, like you said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so if if you don't particularly care for a character, um, or if you're not interested in the storyline, some of these books are very very heavy into that particular character and there have been reads where i've done a read and i really didn't want to read about Perrin at all and i i would force myself to read his passages or i didn't want to read about matt or i didn't want to read about rand mm -hmm. or i was having problems with the gwayne storyline uh, i don't want to read that or uh, elaine especially later on in the book series yeah. um yeah and it changes for me at least anyway every time i read it, it changes a little bit there's characters i like and don't like and would really excited to read and don't don't want to read so a first-time reader who may not identify or like a certain character some of these books are going to be hard <laughs> yeah 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 definitely, definitely. And, and some of the choices that he makes though we, we talked about it in a couple of episodes before like matt almost becomes the main character of this book but he doesn't enter it until about halfway through yep and a lot of the time when people think of the dragon reborn the 
they think of the map moments because they're very memorable, like, you know, um, Gowan and, and Galad. Um, yeah. The interplay with, with Tom, uh, the, the, the ending, blowing a, blowing a hole in the side of the stone of tear. And, <laughs> and, yeah, the chickens. And, yeah, the chickens. And then, and then everyone remembers then, obviously, Rand's bits. But, like, Perrin's, like, he is, there's a big focus on Perrin at the start of the book for a big ch- and for big chunks of it. But then he's kind of just completely sidelined and at the end as well, which is a, a strange choice because I mean, he is a he is a lot he is an introverted character compared to the other two characters, and he has a lot of internal um, uh, challenges um, yeah. with accepting himself and whatever, and accepting the fail and all. So it makes sense to make his ending quite personal, but it's it's also as well one one of the big problems is, is that if it was. If we had met Fail in book one or book two, and we'd have more time to spend with her, then we might um, find what happens to her more effective. But because we yeah, she she was only in half a book, maybe at that point, I would say, yeah, ish, maybe. I'm and, uh, even seem to like her. <laughs> no, no, and then, but but by the end, he does. He, <laughs> he does, goes yeah, to save her and rescues her, and it kind of ends on a big high note where they're. He loves her and whatnot. He does, yeah, he does. But like, it's it's kind of like so when she walks into that because I kind of just I was talking before you came on like when she walks into the trap and parents like we have to save her and Moraine's like I don't don't care. (laughs) I I really don't care. I just don't care. And it's it's just it's a it's a strange choice, but like that's that's the I mean that's I like the Dragon Reborn and I like sections of it more than others. Well, one of my kind of when I put on like kind of my writer's hat on it, it's like the structure of it is so strange because you have um so Rand is like the MacGuffin of the book in a lot of ways. He goes on and everyone's kind of like, we have to go and find Matt. But then you, so you have like Perrin is moving to, to find them, but then you have Matt who is in bed for the first half of the book. And then you have pretty much uh, Egwene and the girls that are in the White Tower for the first half of the book. So you have like this really weird kind of situation where like two two of the storylines, the characters aren't, aren't going anywhere. They just kind of just sat around doing nothing. And then Perrin is just ambling off after, after them. Slowly, slowly ambling away. Slowly ambling around. And then the story doesn't really kind of pick up then until Matt wakes up because then there's movement where it's like, well, everyone needs to start going on and start going on. And it then you can't avoid the repetition of certain things that characters are doing with book two, which is, you know, Matt is healed twice. He's kind of waylaid twice. Um, the girls both go back. The, the, they're, they're somewhere, they go to the, the, the White Tower, they're sent away somewhere, they get captured. Yeah. Um, and in fact, in this book, they get captured twice. There's a little capture scene as well with the uh, where the Ahil rescue. Well, yeah, them. when they meet Avienda for the first time, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a and obviously then there's and the ending as well, where it's like all the characters converge on the same place, and there's this big epic ending, and there's forsaken fights and, and what have you. So there is this kind of repeti- repetition, which will be, I think, looking at it like again, if I put on like a writer's head or whatever, mm. is that. I don't think there's enough story in this book to, to, to sustain a full season. I don't even think there's enough story in this book to have a full book, to be honest. So the first seven hundred pages. I think with 
if if we're talking the show, are we going to talk the show now? With the, yeah, with we, the, might. We, can, we can pivot. To the, we can pivot to that. Um, I think what we're going to see is Rafe has already mentioned that we're going to see elements of book two and book three in the first season, which to me means small storylines or plot lines that are tertiary that aren't main. That you know, it's better to explain them or have them happen earlier on or set them up at the very least. But I think that by the time we get to the Dragon Reborn, I think we're going to probably finish book two and three by the end of season two. That's my guess. Yeah. Just because, um, and I mean, we may not, we, we may only get book two for season two uh, because there's a lot of meat in book two, really. There's a lot of stuff going on to set up. But book three, I think what they'll do is a lot of that will be amalgamated into either season two or season three, along with a bunch of other stuff. Because like you said, there are small bits of story in there, but they're not following everything word for word. They're not following. We, we see that now. We already know for sure that a lot of things in season one are not following the eye of the world at all. Mm. Um, so if they did follow the Dragon Reborn, it would be a pretty boring season. It really would. I mean, there'd be small bits of excitement, like when Matt's on screen and he's he's dodging the assassins or they're 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 running to the riverboat or 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 whatnot, or when the, the girls get captured and the IEL save them. All of that stuff will be really exciting. But all the stuff in between is just a lot of boring tra travel, at least on screen it would be anyway. So yeah. I think, think, think yeah. you're right. It's not going to be a full season for sure. Yeah, and a, and a lot of the things that kind of happens, like, you know, um, the uh, Egwene being taught about the world of dreams by Varen could happen in, it could happen in book two. Doesn't even, you know, they could have moved yeah. that, but that could happen at any time. The Aeol could be introduced a lot of, earlier which it sounds like they, they, there's, they, they may, they're going to be popping up a little bit in season one anyway mm -hmm. there's, there's one mystery i yield in season one yeah yeah. Says, so. yeah yeah exactly so um yeah um there's a lot there's a lot of things where like apart from the um the bits of action that happen and that's particularly the, the end of it um that could really happen at any time and it, and it's one of those things as well like with, with how the book to with how moraine is missing for most of the book Mm. when you when you transfer that into a into a season of television she is uh i've got all old-fashioned and a season of television yeah. <laughs> in <a> season <laughs> um well she's the biggest star of the show right um she, she's she's billed as the lead for the first season and i imagine it will be that way for for quite some time so they're going to change some stuff they're going to have to Exactly, exactly. So it's like you don't you don't cast. And I, I remember I said, I said this once on the Dusty Wheel, and I saw one of the comments where they were like, "Well, they cast Sean Bean for the first season of Game of Thrones, but that's because they cast him to kill him to be like, look, right, this is guy's the biggest star. This is the kind of show that it is. You don't. And if and if you know, Moraine was going to die at the end of Eye of the World, yeah, you could cast Rosamund Pike for that and have her in for one season, but she doesn't. And so you don't have like an active uh, actor like Rosamund Pike and just be like. We don't really need you for this season. <laughs> and that's so, the thing. You you moved to Prague. You took your family here, but uh, we're, we're good for the next two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing with uh, with, uh, um, with with Rand in this book. So by the time we get to this point of storyline, viewers will know that he's the Dragon Reborn. He yeah. will be one of the main focuses of the book, and you don't just take him out of it for the entire season. And it's like he'll be he'll be around at the end. Okay. Um, it doesn't. So that's another thing where where two and three. So if they merge it together and do a mash of it, I always kind of wonder: did they do the did they do the end of the film at the same time as the end of the tear, or did they just merge it all? That's the tricky thing because yeah. you have the Sean Chan and the Aiel 
being introduced at the same time and then and you have all this kind of stuff and it's it's um it's it's interesting i'd like to know your thoughts on it what I mean would you just move everything into the one same place or would you have i would um if, if it were me and, and again i don't know what they're doing but if it were me i would have uh fall may and, and the events there and tier at the same time and that would happen in season two um so the big culmination of season two would be um the events of, at the stone and tier but instead of say having um you know the aiel taking out the 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 defenders of the stone and and having um uh, Shamael and whatnot there maybe change it so a lot of that is is, is the Sean Chan instead just to just to make things a little more streamlined because if they're going to amalgamate them together it's kind of like you said repetition it's the same type of battle same type of capture same type of things that are happening in each of the first three books so to do that for three seasons of of television would be People wouldn't watch it anymore. They'd be like, well, we've seen this already. We want something new, we want something different. So they amalgamated it and kind of crammed it all together. I think, I think we'd see Tier and Falmate at the same time. That's my yeah. guess anyway. And I think in a way as well, I mean, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the, the Great Hunt as well. And I, I do enjoy the first three books, which almost kind of like almost they want to get to the Shadow Rising as quickly as possible in the TV series. <laughs> because that's when it's kind <laughs> that's of that's like, one of my favorite books, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I no, enjoy yeah, that one the best. Yeah, and and the scope of it is so big as well. And it brings in so much different different characters and different mm-hmm. uh, cultures and different locations. Um, and obviously, every single storyline matters in in those books as well. In that yeah. book story, should I say? Um, and it's something that can can totally fill a, a full season of, of TV as well. So it's kind of like we let's let's get there as quickly as we can, right? Um, and um, which is no no offense to people that like there is people that probably love the dragon reborn and think it's their favorite book yeah. and there's books where it was like we can't cut this we can't cut that but um i think i think this is the one that's probably going to get cut until we get later on in the series yeah I think this book is the one that's going to be the most that's going to be like well you know what we we just can't do this so we have to move it here or we have to move it there yeah if i had to guess i, I would say that we'll see fail in season two we'll see uh a lot of a lot of the IEL introduced us uh, big big storylines with the Sean Chan. I would I, I guess season two of the show. That's my guess would be all of that. And I mean, to be fair, there's not a lot of information out about season two just yet, and they are filming, so they're doing a much better job of keeping things secret now, which makes my job harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like honestly, there's, there's people been cast in these roles as well. Like we know we can know who who's playing Elaine already because we've um, yeah because of Instagram and and uh, or things like that, uh, and and people like yourself with uh, with. with with, uh, with your contacts and everything, but um, there's not there's no official word. And obviously, then there's people. If if Elaine's in it, then Gowan or Gallad is probably in it as well. If yeah. unless the merge and both go, we don't know who's playing them. Uh, we've not even heard a peep of the Sean Chan yet. Of of like you know, by this time when they were filming season one, we'd already kind of seen leaks of white cloaks and we'd seen this and this and this. Um, so there's not even like a, a peep of that. So they're, they're doing a, a good job. So or maybe there is, and they're just like saying, just just please don't mention it until the season's out. All right, let us launch season one, and then just like that's the, funny <laughs> thing. That's, that's the funny thing as well. Like because you you have this thing where they probably want to do like casting announcements because it's they know things are probably are leaking. Our people are, with with the um, with the Kira Coveney situation, people know who she yes. is, know who Alice. Um, but they don't want to yeah. announce stuff for season two before season one is already out. Yeah, well, my, my guess is we're going to see season one end Christmas, and then I would say starting in late January, maybe. 
uh, or even February, they're going to give us some time, a cool off period where they're still enjoying the success of hopefully the success of the show before they start hyping season two, because they're going to film season two until February. And then mm-hmm. after February, they're done, which I mean, if, you know, if timelines are the same, we'll probably get um, season two early fall, I would say, rather than November. I think yeah. it, it, if they want to keep it the same or they'll keep it the same release date every year too. I don't know what they're going to do there, but I don't think we're going to see anything official from them until next year for season two, for sure. Like they, they don't want to, you know, step on the toes of season one stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, and, and there's probably still things to announce for season one. That, uh... There there hundred percent is. There's so much left to announce. Although I don't believe they're going to announce a lot of it. I think some of it, most of it's going to be surprises because like, okay. we haven't seen a lot of the main characters yet um that are important to the story that we they have to be included i mean there has to be some sort of forsaken or the dark one or some overarching big bad guy for season one and the trailer if you're not a book reader makes it seem like Logan's a big bad guy mm-hmm. so yeah. and we know he's not <laughs> yeah so, and, we'll, and we'll know pretty early on in the season that he isn't because he will oh, if you're watching this show we've, we've talked about this book already so you know, the spoilers, just in case you just joined in for the very first time. Obviously, Legain is spilled very early on in Eye of the World, like mid, probably what midway point of Eye of the World is, is still just, uh, so it's like, you know, you'll know in a TV show that like, well, he isn't the big bad because... Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's taken care of. <laughs> I would say by mid-season, we're going to see him be his, his big... Uh... I, and I think we'll see it on the screen. I think we'll see the big gentling ceremony and all the stuff happening. I think that will actually be shown because it'll be cool. And it'll also give a really good way to give like an exposition dump or something where they can explain uh, how and why this happens, which I mean, up to that point, it'll be like probably little tidbits, but that'll be the big explainer for the male half of the true source and stuff. I think. Yeah. And it'll be, um, and I'm showing it on screen as well. It raises the stakes for, I, I presume that they're going to try and, and from how the teaser went, it seems like they are going to try and keep it a secret as who is the Dragon Reborn at, at the start. So it gives so you all of Amazon's marketing material so far, all the official stuff, and, and this is just official, seems to suggest that it could be anyone, including Egwene or Nynaeve. Mm. Yeah, and I mean anybody who's read the book series knows. I mean, there's no spoilers at this point because you're talking about the Dragon Reborn. You know it's Rand. Um, However, new people watching the show won't know that. And, and because they're keeping it kind of secretive, I think that they're not really going to be as forward with the information as they were in the book. Like, I mean, the book you knew, you, you pretty much knew. But yeah. I think they may may have more hints of Perrin, more hints of Matt because of the dagger and because the Perrin's wolves. And I think they're going to do that stuff. Also, where Nynaeve and Egwene could use the one power, maybe they're going to showcase them a bit more in different ways to to maybe mm-hmm. give little hints why they might be the dragon and then the very last episode just go nope yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's rant sorry yeah, it's, it's good because i mean showing Legain's gentleman as well if if you if you say someone is watching it and, and they like rand on that or pairing and they think well those might be the dragon it's like wow this might happen to, to this character and it's it yeah. raises the stakes for them um and there's there's something i, I was going to say then what you just reminded me of um um, yeah, because one of the things, because in the book, obviously, you know it's Rand straight away because it's like someone comes to town and it's like, who who here is different? 
well, that guy who's six foot six with red hair, like no one else is like him. Right? He's born outside. Like <laughs> yeah. his dad had a fever dream saying that he was born on the slopes of Dragon Mount. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, maybe you know, him. in like by chapter like five. <laughs> yeah. It's like maybe, maybe I think it's him. But because of how they've um, how diverse the casting is, and I think this is one of the. I mean, obviously, it's great to have it diverse anyway because it, it should be. Um, but one of the good the advantages of being so diverse with the cast is that everyone looks different, right? So there's not just one person that looks different from everyone else. Yeah. It's like there's this blend of people that live in this place. So it's kind of like, yeah, there's a guy here with red hair. There's a guy here with this color skin. There's this person, there's this person, there's this person. Yeah. Um, so it, it and it works. helps hide it, helps hide the secret a little bit more, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because everyone, everyone's a bit of an idiot, really. Like, when it's yeah. Like, <laughs> who, who could this outsider be? And it's like, well... This guy wasn't born here because everyone knows it because they remember Tam bringing him home as a baby as well. And it's yeah. like, well, okay, fair enough. So um, before we kind of talk about a little bit of your, your scoops and everything, just just briefly, what what did you think of the trailer? Because we haven't really spoke about it since. It, since uh, it I I was impressed. I really liked it. Um, I think they did a very good job of showcasing um, a lot of different selling points for the show while keeping important stuff secret so yes they gave out a fair bit of information but if the leaks and everything else are to be believed and all the information that we know they haven't really shown anything beyond episode six so i think seven and eight are going to be completely shut down we're not going to know much about them until the show airs but the trailer itself i think did a really good job of showcasing the show and i've talked to people who have not read the books that are not book fans and they enjoyed it as well and they think it looks like a really fun exciting fantasy show which i think is was the point right yeah um it also <laughs> was very confusing to book fans as well as people who haven't read the books too because I, I showed it to my wife and she had to watch it quite a few times to she's like well i don't understand what's going on here or there because she doesn't have any of the backstory of what's going on yeah, yeah, and yeah. i think a lot of that was for the book fans and the book fans are watching it and i i swear i must have had about 300 messages saying that the blonde gentleman crying over the ring was loose there and oh, it's no, gotta yeah. be him and i was like no that's 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 kareem's warder that's yeah. that's the thing like <laughs> we know who that is <laughs> yeah yeah because that's the thing it was funny it was funny looking at because you know because you've done so much work into yeah. and you've seen vikings and what have you yeah. but like yeah. everyone in europe was kind of like yeah it's peter franson we see yeah. the things and we know who he is but like um a lot of people kind of in the States, um, North America, who hadn't seen Vikings were all like, oh my God, it's Lee's Ferret. It's, it's, it's yeah. there. It's there. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that's that, that's King Herod. Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know who this guy is. We know him. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting because um, like I, I've said, I said I was on the, the dusty wheel on the on the big stream and then I was saying that um, I, I've been trying to get my wife to read The Wheel of Time since pretty much like maybe the first or second date like for 12 years or whatever and she's never never had any interest in reading it and like she's she's watched uh harry potter and she's watched lord of the rings and she watched game of thrones and the witcher um but she won't read any of the stuff and then i showed the trailer exact same way she 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 enjoys the shows but it's not a big fan of fantasy novels yeah exactly and but then she's like seen some stuff like she watched a little bit of like Shannara and some other stuff and she's like no mm-hmm. not for me and she ordered a trailer for this and she was like yeah I'm going to watch that and I was like cool at least then you can read the books afterwards and see how different it is <laughs> <laughs> um, and what do you think about um, the, the release schedule are you, are you happy with the three episodes uh, I am 
I'm happy and not happy at the same time. Does that make any sense? I wanted a full weekly. So I would have really liked only one episode drop and then keep going. But it does, that would have put them right in through the Christmas season, right into mid-January, which maybe they didn't want to do with other releases coming out. Um, but I think it's the best of both worlds. Some people like to binge things um, and other people like weekly releases. I personally think a weekly release generates more buzz. That, yeah. That's that that's like it comes out, people talk about it, and then word of mouth spreads. And then you have a whole week for other people to pick it up and watch, 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 watch. Mm-hmm. When the second episode comes out, it spreads buzz that way too. People will talk about it like at work or or school or wherever they're at. But all at once, like it, it you binge the season and you're like, okay, I'm yeah. done for two years. Like, yeah, gross. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Witcher, yeah. Witcher was, like, <laughs> well, that's, that's what I did with The Witcher. I, I sat with yeah. Witcher came out. I, I think I sat down. My wife worked a. 12 hour shift and I watched the entire first season pretty much just well she she went to work and I just sat down and watched the witcher and I, she get home she's like what did you do and I'm like I just watched 12 hours of tv <laughs> you know what I mean like it was three different timelines <laughs> yeah it was it was difficult yeah but yeah. I mean uh I think I think weekly would have been perfect but there's a lot of people who really like to binge a lot of people who yeah, really, yeah. really like it coming yeah. out. So I think giving three episodes at first is a hybrid sort of thing. Probably they're probably trying to appease both sets of people personally. I think that's what we're doing. Yeah. I, I think it's good as well. Like you can just kind of watch it as almost the first three episodes, like a little movie, as a, not even a little movie as a big movie. Yeah, it's right? like watching Endgame. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, if, if maybe one of those first three episodes isn't quite as strong as later episodes i think it kind of works to kind of just put them all in together because it's kind of like say like you know say this the, you know you know what i mean like you know say it doesn't grab you quite as much but it gets stronger mm-hmm. as the season goes on um that might work out quite well for it just to be like well you know we're into the third season now you're you're already invested you're into episode yeah. four next week whatever i'm really excited with the finale on christmas eve as well this is that's difficult that's difficult, that's difficult for a lot of people I, I was talking to matt about it from the dusty wheel and and he does a lot of stuff for christmas like he's a lot of right. family okay. traditions for christmas and i do too and uh, we were both like how do we tell our wives <laughs> how do we break the news we always watch something on christmas eve like when when, when especially since like um since, since we've had our son, like when he goes to bed, we watch something, right? Or maybe mm. a couple of things. So it's it's ideal for us because we we already do that anyway. So it's like, well, we're gonna watch watch the season finale of Wheel of Time. It's like that's like a dream come true for me. I, I, I can't. I actually can't. Merry Christmas, yeah. When, when I saw the when I saw the, the release schedule, I was like, wait, December twenty fourth. I was like, really? This is happening. This is like this is amazing. <laughs> like a little early Christmas gift. Um, so no, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy. That. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I like the trailer as well. I thought it was interesting how there's not one mention of the Dragon Reborn in the whole trailer. No, not one. And I think I think that'll be very kept under the hat. I think there's going to be a lot of they're looking for someone. I I think they're they don't know who it is. Someone could you know I mean there's going to be a lot of dancing around it, and they may not even mention it until Logan gets gentled and then you're like then they're going to say wow this is this is the person we're looking for and why they're chasing you type thing i think yeah. i think this is going to happen yeah exactly so before we before we wrap up we can uh, talk yeah. about the biggest probably probably the biggest scoop you've had i mean you've had quite a lot on the channel but this may well be the biggest one is that um, you unveiled the uh i that, that loose for in Yes, isn't season yes, one. Not only is in season one, you've got the actor, and it's pity that, that Chris has had to go seeing as he's Swedish and he knows yes. his 
I, I said, he knows who he is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said in your video, and I was like, this guy's, and he's like, oh yeah, he's a really good actor. <laughs> <laughs> he's, it, it was interesting. I've known for months, um, and I kind of kept it under my hat, and there was, uh, I can tell you that Amazon wasn't upset with me for what I did. That, that, I can tell you that much. Um, that's, that's about all I can tell you. Um, I, I found out on my own through my sources, and then I sort of floated the idea to them, and uh, nothing ever came of it, of course, uh, but they are not upset that I did reveal it. So there were some people that were very mad at me for revealing this, saying I'm, I'm ruining Rafe's hard work, and I'm ruining the production team's hard work, and everyone else, but I will tell those people that are listening to this that they were not upset with me <laughs> in any way, shape, or form at all, um, nor was I asked not to release it. Okay, and then I suppose, like you know, one of those things is it's because obviously the, the change in the marketing now for for the wider audience, and the wider audience won't know who this person is anyway. The yeah. character, nor, nor would they care. Nor, nor would they really care. This, this was like, a, it's a small character, small role, um, but big for the fans. Very, very yeah. big for the fans. Like for, yeah. for someone like you or me, we know instantly who this is. We know that they're important, what what they mean, and how cool it is. Ooh. But for someone who hasn't read the books. Well, who's that? Oh, he's in a small part of season one. We don't really see him again. Yeah, I don't care. You know, yeah. like, yeah. but I was, I was very excited when I found out and I had confirmed it from three different people before I did anything with it at all. And uh, very, very excited. Uh, I watched his show reels. I watched some of the things that he was in Alexander uh, Karim, I think is how you pronounce it. Again, I pronounce everything terribly. So it's, I probably, probably screwed that up too, but uh, he is, he's an exceptional actor. And he does haunted and um, scared and, 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 and sort of uh, unstable really well, which that's perfect for Lucera. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, and it's, but, but you, you were right there where you said as well, like it's definitely one for the fans because also it kind of gives that possibility as a speculation angle of like, oh, how is he going to figure into it? Like, you know, obviously, so I've seen some people straight away go, oh, they're going to do the prologue, but I, I don't think they are going to do the prologue. They're going to stay very far away from that. I have zero information on the scenes he's in, who's in the scenes with him, or what was happening on the set at the time, because uh, they were being very secretive about that at, at, at that point. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, there's certain aspects where they, they did things in studio and things like that where we don't know much about. Um, so I don't know much about that. But if I had to guess... I would, and like I said in my video, I would guess it's going to be sort of a way to explain things. And I don't think you're getting the Winter Dragon all over again. I don't mm. think they would do that. Um, maybe a version of it or a small version of it or a flashback. I think those are things we'll do. We do. I do know that he does speak the old tongue on screen, which is very cool to me. Um, I think that's neat. But I'm not, not quite sure. But I, I hope they don't do Winter Dragon again, really. Oh, or if I they do, Billy Zane better show up. Billy Zane. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he has to be in it at some point, Billy Zane. Like, he would have been the perfect Basil Gill, I think, unless the, the actual Basil Gill is perfect. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd love to see the strike on Shao Gul, like, uh, even a little bit. That would be great to see. But it's, it's, yeah. that also brings up problems for the um, Age of Legends company, doesn't it? For one, That's right. Too. So, uh, Ready Gill Entertainment had now House Age of Legends Productions, and they're doing a trilogy of movies based on the age of legends and um zach bryant i believe is his name is the writer um correct me from that i'll have to google that maybe oh, yeah, yeah, zach yeah. is his first name for sure um he's the writer he wrote x-men first class thor so he's he's a fairly established screenwriter um he's writing the movies 
and they will not have anything to do with the show as far as I know um, because Amazon and Sony may not pick it up. It might be another studio because no, no studio didn't have to pick it up yet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so if it's say, I don't know, pick another studio that is known by Disney. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's say Disney picks it up. I don't know. Um, then it, they could do whatever they wanted pretty much. It doesn't have to tie in, but it's smart too, because they have the mythos already done. They have a lot of things explained in the show and they could just kind of borrow from that without really borrowing from it. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what is uh, anything on the on the horizon for you, or is it just kind of getting getting your schedule ready for the start of the show? Because we're only two months away now. We are only two months away. Uh, I have something potentially, and this is I'll say this: something potentially coming in October that is very big and very exciting. Uh, it's a huge surprise, but I don't know if it's going to happen yet, so I can't say too much about it. So, until then, it's just regular news, and and um, I have I've. Uh, a few speculation videos coming out uh, and getting ready for the show to drop in November. But I'm hoping by mid-October, I will have something very, very big for the channel, which is a surprise. <laughs> and that's all I can say. I can't say much else other than that, but I'm hoping. I don't know quite, I won't know for another week or two if it's going to happen, but I'm hoping. Very exciting. So if you've not already subscribed to John's channel, What's Up? Do so. He's doing a 10,000 subscriber contest as well at the moment. Yes, yes I am. Yep. Definitely so we that. have set of minis, Emmons Fielders minis that uh, are 3D printed that we're going to give out to someone who's a subscriber that likes and comments on the videos. Uh, and it'll run for about two weeks or so after I hit 10,000 and I should hit 10,000 today. So you have the next two weeks to like and su subscribe and comment my videos to get entered. There you go. Details will be below. John, thanks so much for coming on again. And uh, we'll, we'll have you back on again at some point, no doubt soon. Um, yeah, next time you're on, maybe the maybe uh, we'll have season two, sorry, season one, second trailer out by that point. I'd imagine oh, for and, sure, uh, for sure. Sometime in October, we're getting it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there'll be the show. So uh, everyone at home, thanks for watching, and for Chris Holtman who had to go, who had to uh, put out some fires in the homestead. Um, <laughs> and until the next turn, the wheel. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much.